Welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope you enjoy this podcast and we pray that it blesses you. For any information on this sermon or our other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz. Hey, so uh, some of you know that uh, last year Caleb and I um, decided to throw caution to the wind and uh, spend the year travelling. And uh, travelling the world has always been one of those bucket list things for me. I love going to other cultures and other nations, meeting new people, uh, growing as, as you know, being, being a part of a different culture. And, and so we sort of mapped out 2017 was, was going to be our year to, to tick this off. So we rented our house out, put all of our stuff in storage, and had sort of mapped out sort of nine, ten months of, of, of travel. So uh, we were hitting, um, we were to start with a roadie sort of around Australia, and then to our Southeast Asia, Asia, uh, meeting uh, Caleb's daughter Sophia in Hawaii, and then America for a few months, Canada, and then Europe. Super pumped and super excited about doing this. We both sort of um, were feeling like life was just getting a little bit pre- predictable, you know, getting up and going to work and, and going through the motions, and we're just really hungry for adventure and really hungry just to um, take a risk, put ourselves out there and, and, and see what happens. And, uh, and so, so that's what we did. So uh, we jumped on a plane, and uh, while we were traveling through uh, Southeast Asia and, and Asia, we had a bit of the deli belly, which you get in, the, in that part of the world, just, just have a bit of a crook guts. But I just couldn't shake mine. It just, it just hung on and hung on and hung on. And by the time we got to Canada, after you know, we'd been traveling for four or five months, it, um, it wasn't getting better, it was getting worse. And I was sort of waking up in the night with really tight, with a really tight chest. At one point thought I was having, you know, thought I was having a heart attack, really, really unwell. And, uh, and so we, uh, we uh, went to, you know, get some medical help. And fun fact, if, uh, in, in Canada, now we had travel insurance, we'd had all our immunising shots, like we'd done, uh, we'd done all we needed to do. Um, but fun fact, to go to the doctor as a tourist in Canada, uh, it was actually cheaper for us to fly home than it was to register to see a doctor. So it was going to cost us $2,000 to get our name on the list, and then obviously over and above that. So we were like, let's just go home and, and get this sorted and, and get, you know, get a doctor and a, and a health system that we actually understand. And, um, and, and so we did that. So we came home. And, uh, you know, out of the whole trip, the part of the trip that I was most excited about was Europe, um, because uh, apart from a few missions trips, I'd never actually had a good look around, and uh, that was the part of the trip that I was, I was most excited about. Um, and so we, uh, we journeyed home right before we were going we to get to get to Europe, and, and coming home... You know, over a number of months um, through specialist appointments and, um, you know, um, doctor's appointments and tests and, 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 and all the rest, um, I had a parasite. And quite a rare parasite. I'm actually in a medical journal because um, <laughs> uh, the, the doctors and the specialists had never actually seen this before, so they were pretty pumped. Um, but <laughs> not, not, so, not so much me. Uh, so, you know, went through treatment and things. And sometimes when we hit, hit a new year, we can uh, sometimes carry the disappointments of the previous year into the new year. And I guess my challenge and, and my encouragement for all of us this morning is that 2018 can be your best year. 
Like last year may have been a rubbish year. Last year may have been an amazing year. Whatever 2017 was, my encouragement for all of us this morning is just leave it alone. Just let it go and embrace 2018 for all that God wants to do in you, all that God wants to do through you. Now, having said that, you know, 2017 for us was an epic year. You know, we, we got to travel the world. We met a lot of wonderful people. We were part of a, a ministry team in the Philippines that was just quite uh, incredible and an amazing opportunity. I got to spend time with family that don't live in New Zealand that we don't, don't, don't see very often. So uh, 2017 was a wonderful year, but it did come with a bit of disappointment. And so I, what I've resolved to do is just to let that go and embrace this year for all of what, uh, you know, all of what it entails. I think the, the big thing um, is resolving, like making a decision this morning that you're going to embrace this year and you're going to, uh, I guess, uh, have a mindset and an attitude that it's going to be your best yet. You know, the truth is, is that we've all got a call, that we've all got a purpose. We know this, right? That we are loved by God and that God has chosen us. Now, Jeremiah 29, 11, we know, I know we know this scripture backwards and, and inside out, but God says to us that He knows the plans that He has for us, plans to give us a future and a hope. So the plans and the purposes of God for you are only good. Uh, Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. So there are good things that God wants to do in you, that God wants to do through you this year. Sometimes it's easy to look at the preacher or the pastor and, and say, well, yeah, I can see God doing his good works, doing his plans, doing his purposes through them. But my encouragement to all of us here is that we all have a call, that there is a reason that we're alive at this time in history on the earth. And there is a reason that you're sitting here this morning, that there is a, a call, there is a destiny, there is a... Um, a divine destiny upon each and every one of us. John 14, 16 says that we did not choose him, but he chose us and appointed us to go and bear fruit, fruit that would remain, fruit that would last. So there is a divine call, there is a divine destiny on each and every one of us to live out what it is that God has put on the inside of us. You know, I grew up in a, a Christian home, went to Christian school, and a bit of rite of passage for that is, you know, is Easter camp every year. And I remember going, going away to Living Springs to, to Easter camp there, and I was 16 years old, and, and I remember responding to an older call, and the older call was kind of along the lines of, um, you, know, you know, God has a plan, God has a call on your life. If you want to respond to that call and live out God's destiny on your life, respond to this older call. And I remember responding to that older call and feeling really inadequate, like, mm, I really want what God has for me, but I don't really feel like I measure up. Um, as, a, as a kid, um, I was very, um, not very good in the classroom, really struggled academically and just could not really, uh, could not really connect in the classroom and, and sort of as a result, just didn't do well. Um, I come from a very supportive, loving family um, who encouraged me the best, you know, the best way that they knew how. But I think just going through the education system, you know, primary school, high school, and, and you sort of get to be a teenager. And, and, be, and because you do compare yourself to others and you do sort of, you know, you, you sort of feel like you don't have the goods, 
Um, and, and because of that, I just had this crippling insecurity, lack of self-worth, lack of confidence, because I just felt like I wasn't good enough. Didn't really help that I had a brother and sister on either side of me who were pretty brilliant. Um, so, uh, so, so that was kind of, yeah, that was going on. And so I remember responding to this older call and saying, God, I don't really know if there's anything in me that you could use. But man, if there is, just go for gold. I want it all. I want everything that you have for me. And as I addressed the negative self-talk, as I addressed the the low confidence, the low self-esteem, all of that with God's truth, God has taken me all over the world. Like the plans and the purposes. Like if I was to look back from there to now and and see me standing in front of you you all, I would... I would think you were crazy. Like that just wasn't possible. I was, I was a, a shy, timid sort of person. But um, God has done it and he's taken me to all kinds of places around the world, have amazing opportunities, met some incredible people. And uh, that's just what it is. It's just giving yourself over to the plans and the purposes of God. So the truth is, is that we're all called and that there is a grace upon each and every one of us to make our mark on the world. Some of us just don't know what that is yet. Isaiah 62, 10 says, go, in, go through the gates, prepare the way for the people, build up, build up the highway, remove the stones, raise the banner for the nation. In Scripture, the gates always represent positions of authority. <coughs> always represent forces of positioned authority. And his call on all of us is to go through the gates, go through into those positions of authority and execute his purpose, his plan. There are five gates, I believe, in society. The gate of business, government, ministry, education, or media. And every one of us are called to one of those gates. You might find yourself sitting in one of those gates this morning or with a desire to be sitting in one of those gates this morning. You might have a passion for health, which might fit under the government gate or education or business. Whatever it is, we all have a divine destiny to go through that gate and to live out his plans and his purposes in that space and execute his kingdom. So this morning, I want to encourage you to push towards the calling. Don't let fear, insecurity, or your own personal situation or circumstance throw you off from entering into the God-given calling that's all over your life. Now, this morning, you might just have a desire to be in business. You might just have a desire to be in ministry. Sometimes we look at the preacher or the pastor and we think, you know, know, that's the call of God. That's it right there. But every sphere of society needs to experience the kingdom of God. And so God has anointed every single one of us to go into our sphere or to go into our gate and execute his kingdom. That is the call of God. The call of God is yes on ministry, but it's also on business. It's also on education and media in every sphere of society. So God has anointed each and every one of us to go into our gate and execute his kingdom. So once we've identified our purpose and we've identified that this is my gate, this is my, this is my zone, this is my calling, this is what I'm called to do, it's time to get busy. We've got to put the work in. You know, the Bible says that faith without works is dead. So if you don't work your faith, it's dead faith. 
So we can't say one thing, yeah, I'm called to business. I'm gonna start my own business and then do nothing about it. We've got to follow that up with action. And that's faith. That's what faith looks like. I know that Josh last week talked a lot about developing your relationship with God, committing to church, committing to life group, committing to, um, you know, uh, to, to prayer and to developing your relationship with God. And uh, I think if you want to get anywhere in terms of the calling and the plan of God for your life, it's got to happen. You've got to put the work in and you've got to develop your relationship with God and commit to just pursuing Christ with everything that you've got. I know for me, because I didn't really feel like I had the goods, Jesus was all I had. And so I pursued him with everything that I had because I knew without him, I was lost. And so this morning, can I encourage you again, just commit to Jesus, commit to prayer and reading your Bible, what, however that looks for you. Um, commit to a connect group, commit to church, commit to relationships that build you up and inspire you and encourage you. Just uh, be really resolute about committing to your relationship with Jesus. I think there's a lot of things that I could say about you know, how you grow your relationship with God. But I think the big thing um, for me that has really helped me is prayer, really um, praying, getting alone with Jesus and just, just wrestling with Him and, and praying through situations and circumstances and opportunities. Uh, by prayer, I've learned who I am in Christ. He's given me that position of authority. Um, and uh, I guess um, one, of the, one of the big lessons was a few years ago, quite a few years ago, I, um, I went to Bible school in Auckland, and um, it was quite a life-changing, as Bible school is, um, quite a life-changing um, experience for me. But on graduating, you were sent for 12 months on an internship year, and I was sent to Singapore. So I was doing my internship year in, in Singapore, working with a church over there. It was a bit of a switcheroo. So two of us went over there, and then uh, two from River Life Church in Singapore uh, came to Auckland. And so uh, my job basically was to go over there, be a part of their youth ministry. Churches in Singapore are huge. Um, so River Life Church would probably be like a small to medium-sized church, and there were thousands of people that went there with sort of eight or nine, sometimes 10 services on any given Sunday. And then Saturday, it was just crazy. It was all go. Um, and so that was work, yeah. Um, so there was a lot happening. And so, um, so, so my job was basically, because in Singapore they have a religious freedom law, so you don't have the freedom to go out and witness or go out and share your faith on the street or anywhere, really. Um, and so, so, so how they get around that is they plant cell groups everywhere. So within the youth ministry, there were cell groups in the schools, in the universities, in the campuses, uh, you know, in the hospitals, just in every facet of society, there would be a small group of Christians meeting and with, with the view of reaching everybody in that area. And so my job was to set up these small cell groups in, uh, in, the, uh, in the campuses, so in the, in the universities and in the junior college, and junior college is sort of 15 to 17 years age. Um, Singapore youth are so different from, from New Zealand. For one, they're very beha well behaved. They just, we're working mainly with Chinese youth and just, um, yeah, their biggest issue really was just to perform academically. So there's a lot of pressure on them to do well um, at school and uh, at university and, so, and quite crippling, quite crippling pressure. And so I felt really intimidated with my, what I was to do. We were over there on a, uh, on a student visa we were um, rolled, uh, signed into the Theological Centre for Asia, which lived up to its name. 
And, uh, and so we were there, we would do uh, two papers a semester and it, it was quite full on. 80% was the pass rate and someone like me had never even got close to that. So uh, that was a concern. Um, and in Singapore, the immigration, they don't muck around. So every six months I'd have to go into the immigration office and do a pregnancy test just to ensure they wasn't bringing uh, children into the country. So it's pretty, you know, and, and obviously because I have a student visa, I need to be seen to be doing well academically. So I was really intimidated by this 80%. The classes were three hours long. We had three or four classes a week and came with all kinds of exams and um, papers and different things. I remember one exam I had to memorise all the kings of Judah and all the kings of Israel and be able to spell them correctly uh, in one exam. And um, so I started to pray. <laughs> yeah. Don't know that I could recall them now, but um, so I started to pray because I knew I was way over my head. I felt the pressure of the, the school that I'd come from because uh, we were the first to be sent uh, overseas. Um, so everybody else had been sent like within New Zealand. Often a lot of them went back to their home churches. And so me and Tavalu, um, the island boy that we went, I went over with, we were on our own. And, um, you know, when you've got a tough job role, it's, you know, it's pretty rough, you know, during the day getting your head around it, trying to do a good job. But you always can come home to your family, or you can always come home to your friends, or you can kind of get that, you know, that sense of comfort and encouragement. But well, we didn't have that. And so, um, so we just had to draw on Jesus. And so I would get up early in the morning. I remember I was living in an HDB flat and um, sort of 70 or 80% of the population of Singapore live in this, these flattings, but like um, public housing. And I was living on the far east side of uh, Singapore, um, which, you know, I'm only European face for miles. And I had uh, Buddhist uh, people on one side, Buddhist neighbours and Muslims on the other. And we'd all get up early in the morning and do our thing. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I would just pray. I would pray in the spirit because sometimes English just wasn't enough. Like I had so much anxiety and just so many kind of worries and, and different things. And, and I remember just praying and just going, Jesus, today I need you. So I'd pray in tongues and sometimes I'd pray the whole hour in the spirit. You know, we understand that that gift of the spirit is there for us to use. And so as I would pray in tongues, my mind was saying, Jesus, I need you. I've got that exam today. I know I've put the work in, but I need you to come through. I need to remember everything. I need your help. Uh, and another thing, the, uh, the uh, college was on the other side of Singapore, so it was real mission to um, understanding that Singapore's the size of Lake Taupo, and at that stage, there were about four million people living there, so there's, it's just jam-packed, and there's a lot going on. So even transport was, you know, a concern. But just, Jesus, I need you to come through for me. I need your help. I need you to just break through. I need to know that you are going to be here. Your word says that you are able to do for me exceedingly abundantly above, more than I can hope or imagine. So God, come through exceedingly. Come through abundantly. And uh, he did. I had, uh, that year was incredibly growing for me, sort of ministry-wise, but also uh, spiritually-wise, I just felt my, my faith just go from strength to strength as I committed to pray every morning, as I committed to, to seek God and to develop my walk with Him. I just found my faith and my, my work life just go from strength to strength. 
The thing is with prayer is that when we pray, we pray strong. Now I know that we've got a lot going on and you know, even just, just this last week, um, Kayla's father actually um, collapsed and so he's a fit and, and healthy, uh, healthy guy and it was a bit of a shock that that, that happened. And so we've been praying, obviously going into the hospital and different things, but um, been praying um, through that. And when we pray, we don't just go, oh no, this is terrible and it is terrible. Um, but we, we always go in faith. So we go in that strong, bold, aggressive faith. You know, the Bible says, when we approach His throne with grace, with confidence and boldness. So despite what your situation is, despite what your circumstances, you can go in with that strong, bold, aggressive faith, believing and knowing that God has got you, that He's been there before. You know, even, you know, with my health issues and, and you know, crook guts and, and all of that, just continually going to God and going, God, you've got this. I know that you've got this. I know that you're the Lord of the breakthrough and I'm asking that you break through on my behalf. And he did and he does. So as we approach 2018, my encouragement is to be completely expectant for what God might do in you and through you this year, that you have a call, that you are called to one of those five gates. Get to work and develop your relationship with God because as you do that, He will begin to show you your capacity. He will begin to show you your call. He will begin to show you where to go and when because that's the truth that I've experienced. It's what I've known. And my encouragement for all of us sitting here this morning is just embrace it. Just go at it. Just believe the best, despite what might be going on in your personal life, despite what might be going on in your head. Uh, Believe God that He has good things and the best things for you this year and press into it. So yeah, if anything that I've said this morning, if it's resonated, if you're like, yeah, I want it. I want the good things. I want to embrace it. You know, um, this morning, if you are feeling like, yep, I've been living in yesterday's disappointment. I've been living in that space of, oh, same old, same old, another year but I want to change my perspective and I want to change my attitude and I want to start to be expectant for the good things that God wants to do in me and through me this year. Now, if that's something for you, um, I'm going to ask you to respond. Now, you can respond in your seat. You can respond in the front, just however you feel comfortable. Um, I'm not going to pray for you. And the reason I'm not going to pray for you is this is, a, this is between you and Jesus. I can't make those decisions for you, just like you can't make those decisions for me. So as we sing this song, my encouragement for all of us this morning is that if that is you and that you want to respond and you just want all that God has for you in 2018, just respond and just say yes. And if you've got those negative self you know, uh, negative self-talk that's going on or stuff that's going on in your head that's keeping you from embracing it. Just take those thoughts captive, release them, let them go and embrace the goodness that God has for you this year.